Hi, everybody, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I'm Susanna Mars. Saturday, July 13th, was the Mississippi Street Fair, and I had the immense pleasure of talking to many terrific artists. This is one of those interviews that day with Dana McCurlin. The background sounds like a party, and it was, so be prepared for some light background noise, and this particular interview starts mid-sentence, then it's smooth sailing from there. Here you go. Her ventures include Yakuza Itzakaya, D.O.C., Nona Tavern, and The Colony and St. John's. And thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, we were talking just a minute ago about what brought you to the industry that you're in, and you really love to create spaces for people to have experiences. Uh, yes, it's funny. Most people ask if I'm a chef, and I'm not. I have, I have no uh, chef background. I have a fine art background. And um, when I moved to Portland in 1996, mm-hmm. um, I had um, an art studio around the corner from my uh, restaurants now. And I've always been really interested and motivated by creating experience and atmosphere and environment. And um, at that time, the neighborhood didn't have much going on, and people were, in fact, uh, deterred from coming to the neighborhood. They felt like it was dangerous and um, unsavory <laughs> at the time. And um, Times have changed. They have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I purchased a property on 30th and Killingsworth in uh, 1999, and it took me six years to, to build and develop um, I kind of treated it more like a sculpture than a development or real estate development. And um, once I was done with the building, with the phase of getting the construction done, I had this retail space downstairs. And um, it just felt like it needed to be a restaurant. Hmm. So I just, and I, I built a home for myself upstairs. And I felt um, I should probably be involved because I'm going to live upstairs. And so then I took a year to figure out what the restaurant was. I was super inspired at the time by Japanese architecture and culture and Mexican um, architecture and culture. So um, the way I designed the building, I created um, three very large openings. And there were garage doors because... when you're in Mexico, if you ever notice, like everything's sort of an iron curtain. So mm-hmm. like when it's shut, it's shut. And then when everything's open, there's no walls or doors. It's just open. I air. love that. And Portland is so beautiful this time of year. Um, and nobody really wants to be inside mm-hmm. when it's nice outside in Portland. So it was important to me to kind of bring the outside in. So I started there with these, with these garage doors and, and these huge openings. And it really... Um, I also wanted to create a discovery because I grew up in New York and New York is so full of discovery. I mean, you can live a lifetime there and never stop discovering things. And um, I really appreciate that about places and traveling or anywhere. It's just kind of like that discovery. So with Yakuza, when I, I built it, I sort of wanted this like experience where you come through and you kind of discover oh there's this and then you go steps in the back and there's like more to it and then there's this beautiful patio and then there's this Japanese garden and then there's this little onzen and so it was just sort of like creating a discovery for people that an unexpected 
kind of uh, treat of like, oh, so many people were like, I didn't even know this was in my neighborhood, you know? Right. And it was it took me so long to, to kind of build and develop. It sort of just like grew into place. It wasn't, I, you know, a lot of things in Portland right now are happening kind of overnight. Mm-hmm. And I think they're shocking people. Because it's like, where did this come from? I was here last week and it wasn't here, right? But I was sort of this, the way I developed this property and the concept took really quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I think people in the neighborhood just sort of like got used to it and intrigued and it was like, it kind of grew with it. That's so interesting because you talked about how much you're drawn to process. And it sounds like a very organic process that you go through with this particular property. Yeah. And it and it just became a fixture, almost like a tree growing. And, you know, in hindsight, yeah, at the time, it was also like, you know, you don't really see that. It just felt like a lot of challenges and I imagine. <laughs> obstacles. Well, <laughs> that's something I personally, as an artist, love about the creative process. And it's creative problem solving. Yes. And the reality of, of life is... It's a series of, of, I always say to my kids, it's a series of unfortunate events just for the book title, but, um, you know, it's a series of challenges, but annoying opportunities. Yeah. (laughs) And the way you look at it is, and that's what's so wonderful about even people who don't find themselves gravitating to art to realize that artists are solving problems on a daily basis in ways that, you know, go from being annoying and difficult to beautiful and amazing, you know, and everything in between. But you mentioned uh, a little while ago about your enjoyment in nourishing people and the way you describe your space. I've never heard a restaurant described in that way. And that's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I think that what really has been a driving force for me and what keeps me in the industry um, is the... um, creation of environment experience and offering um, you know quality food and beverage into that mix and uh, you know making people feel at home Mm -hmm. you know um, I think that's really where I drive my where I get my inspiration and uh, you know the energy to continue on (laughs) well you were saying that the restaurant industry is very difficult Um, it is I mean people always say it's one of the most difficult industries and and they're correct in saying that. You know, there's a lot of odds against uh, restaurant operators. I think in general, it's just hard to be a business person mm-hmm. um, because there is just so much competition and there's so many things you need to do to keep a business operating and afloat. Um, but particularly in the restaurant industry and right now in Portland, I think it's the hardest it's ever been. I've been in the industry for about 14 years now and mm-hmm. it's gotten nothing but harder. You know, we rely um, so much on the public and the general public, you know, um, they can be very unforgiving if they have a bad experience in a restaurant. I think that it's probably like the most unforgiving, uh, you know, situation where if you personally are having a bad day and you go into a restaurant and like you have a bad experience for whatever the reason might be yourself or the staff or the food and um, you will never go back and you'll tell hundreds of thousands of people about it mm-hmm. uh, before you even tell the, you know, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I think that just to start is, is hard. And right? it seems as though, because the, the choice, there's so many restaurants in Portland, that, that, that loyalty piece, which it reminds me of, you know, the bar Cheers, for yeah. instance, that loyalty piece where everybody knows your name, 
there's something I think so lovely about frequenting a restaurant and knowing who works there, and and then you're kind of able to forgive maybe something that isn't up to what you're expecting. Absolutely, I I think though um, with there is a huge population of, of restaurants in Portland right now. Um, I I would say possibly too many, um, given the population of Portland and the population of Portland that goes out to dine. I think if people, Portlanders, eat out twice a week, that's a lot for them. So mm-hmm. if you think about cities that are just really densely populated and people are working like ungodly hours, mm-hmm. um, they eat out a lot, right. you know, almost every meal. And I think that's what keeps those machines going. But Portlanders love their market, their farmers markets. They love to cook. They like to go out to eat to, to discover new recipes and try them at home. They like to have dinner parties and barbecues. And so um, I just feel like the general public in Portland just doesn't eat out enough to actually support the population of restaurants that we have. And there, and there's a there's just a ton of excellent restaurants in Portland. Like the food scene is exquisite. Mm-hmm. Um, I would venture to say like better than most cities I've traveled to, you know, for, for what the size of the city, for mm-hmm. sure. And, it, and you know, it's kind of hard to screw the food up here because our product is impeccable. I mean, we're growing some of the best product and raising, you know, the best, um, you know, animals for license. It's like pretty top-notch. So right. in general, I think Portlanders are really spoiled with the quality of food that we have here. And the variety yeah. is incredible, including specialty items, all sorts of cheeses and wines and alcohols and various small batch, everything. It was definitely um, what I think attracted me to Portland and mm-hmm. early on when I moved here. I moved here sight unseen in, I said, in 1996, and I was really very interested in eating uh, very in a very healthful way. Mm-hmm. And I... I recognize that there was a consciousness here about health and wellness that I was really drawn to. Right. And that's always been uh, important to me. And I do try to, in my restaurants and the environment and the menu and with the staff is to really emphasize health and wellness. In fact, we charge um, a health and wellness surcharge on our menu um, to help pay for health insurance and sick leave and just general health care and living, you know, wage uh, increases and whatever there might might be uh, for just health and wellness in general. Wow. And it's mostly really well received and then occasionally it's not. There are some people that don't really understand um, why we're charging them or think we should just raise our prices and hide it in the food costs and that's pretty hard to do you know like uh we want to be transparent and and really let people know where their money is going it's really interesting because it comes to me at least as a matter of trust between public and institutions that are providing services and Mm -hmm. there's just i think the trust level among our communities nowadays are is really low yeah it it would be impossible to uh, offer my staff health insurance if we didn't charge the the patron. It just it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. And I, how many places uh, restaurateurs are offering health insurance? Is that a, a more normal? And, more and more, um, some supplement and and their uh, staff pays into it. Some just, uh, charge a surcharge. Um, 
and no, no gratuity and then, you know, um, take it from there. Um, I don't know how many are doing it right now. When I had started about three years ago, um, I think Biwa was the only, which is now closed, um, restaurant, and I had talked with them in depth about it, you know. Mm. And when I started, um, the cost has more than doubled. Yes. So um, it's really been uh, hard, even with, with, the, with charging, you know. It's often, you know, when you do the math, more, more money's coming in than the actual bill, but at the end of the year, when you look at all of the other things, you know, that it's helping sick paid time off and bonuses Maternity and leave. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the year, it's definitely the, the restaurateur is still going in their pocket often to, right. to supplement things. So patrons who love your restaurants, how can they support you? Obviously, they dine out. Yeah, I think just return clientele, positive. You know, Google reviews are um, so important now because yes. so many people are finding places on Google Maps because they're like, what's near me? And I think when you ha have a lot of reviews, positive reviews, it's, it's popping up like right at the top of the list. Um, and I think that's actually huge right now yeah. is uh, if, if patrons would take a moment to give Google reviews because that mm -hmm. seems to be where where it counts right now. So you have many restaurants now that we already mentioned. I have three too many. Three too many. <laughs> so what is something bubbling in your creative mind now in, in terms of a restaurant or is there something else that's kind of... Definitely not in terms of restaurants. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I personally would like to phase myself out of the restaurant industry in mm -hmm. the next coming years. Mm -hmm. And um, my interests really lie in... Um, Development. Um, I really want to build some very dynamic high housing developments and also some like um, lodging type, you know, hospitality uh, environments and ventures. Mm -hmm. How did you grow? I mean, to my mind at least, you seem a person who's very interested in connecting with people and offering a kindness. Well, I think that what was a real driving force uh, now looking back at where you know the decision I've made and the businesses I built was really creating community you know when I had moved into the Northeast Killingsworth neighborhood um, there wasn't a, a, a real sense of community at the, at the time people were, you know I, I was in an art studio it was kind of boarded up and you know just kind of over the years kind of offering more and more like I was selling organic produce and started a little store and we had art classes and I think you know the idea of bringing a restaurant to the neighborhood was like giving people a reason to come and to hang out and but also just the the staff is like you know basically like recreating a family right mm -hmm. and I think as I moved here by myself um, with a friend at the time who's no longer here but um, I had no family here, you know, and I come from a, a big family. I'm one of seven kids. And, oh, my. Um, so that was important and the sense of community. And especially because you came from New York. Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, what, I missed, and were you in Manhattan? I was, I'm from Staten Island originally, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is considered, uh, you know, the city, but mm -hmm. it's really not. Mm -hmm. It's uh, one of the most unusual boroughs. Yes. And, and you just had this desire to live somewhere that was different. I knew early on, like as a young teenager, that um, life in New York it can be a, like 
amazing, but that the the sheer um, difficulty and just doing things and the competition and the cost, like it felt like it's everything's kind of a pain in the ass. And I think for me, I was really after a quality of life where like everything wasn't so difficult. I was like, born in Queens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just like just to get from point A to B or to, you know, it's hard to get like one thing done in a day, but right. like in Portland, I can get 10 things done in a day, you know? <laughs> Is and your family still in New York? All of my family's in New York. I do. Um, my old, my oldest sister lives here and her um, sons live here and mm-hmm. they also um, work with me um, a lot. Um, oh doing various things one of her sons is a house painter so he paints all of um all the restaurants and properties and then um we do airbnbs and lodging uh above yakuza and uh he does all the housekeeping um so he's got kind of his own housekeeping uh, business and then does it for the the lodging units oh that's great and then we have the colony together which is an event center in st john's so Mm -hmm. um we host all kinds of uh events you know, of whatever you can possibly think of, but it does uh, make a wonderful wedding venue. You you are the hostess with the mostest. I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> so so that said, how do you take a break? And also, I don't want to miss talking about the music that you have oh, at yeah. Nona Tavern, which with my friend well, Becky Kilgore, who is an incredible jazz yes, artist. she is. Well, for instance, after this podcast, I'm going to go camping on the Meshuggah River. Is that right? River, yeah. Oh, that's so, great. I mean, whenever I can dip out I do right you know? um, and I, I can operate very much so from my phone mm. so I really can be a lot of places and still get things done it's so much about communication and in my industry it's really like every I kind of expect everything to go wrong all the time so that when it doesn't it's like oh you know that feels nice yeah but you know so much stuff breaks or someone doesn't show up or like you know all kinds of things like that. Right. Delivery doesn't come, or so um, I'm able to juggle a lot of that just via my phone. Right. You know, so it really has has allowed me to still be able to do things and get some freedoms within still working. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the curated music at so Nona, Nona Tavern. Nona uh, Tavern on every Wednesday. We have a really um, wonderful music program. It's it t- tends to be jazz focused, but mm-hmm. not always. It's um, a lot of duos and trios. Becky Kilgore is definitely a regular and um, very much loved mm-hmm. uh, when she brings in a great crowd and her her music is, is phenomenal and she's just such a, a bright you know person to be around she's mm-hmm. got great energy and then um, Brent Fallis who is um, a fantastic drummer he's he um, drums for Pink Martini he's actually the curator mm-hmm. and he curates our music program and he really brings in great talent he's often uh, probably once or twice a month often in one of the the projects that's playing but you can find either on our Instagram or our website, there's a calendar saying who, and, and the music is free to the public, um, and it's from 7 p.m. And that's to the website of PM. Nona Tavern. Yes. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Every Wednesday, yeah. Fantastic. And Nona has a wonderful uh, patio that's really fun to spend time in this time of year. Mm-hmm. And we are um, launching um, on a really delicious midsummer known a garden menu oh. and and also having a, a real focus on on digestifs and aperitifs and dessert for uh, later night 
fair and drinking and you know digesting after a dinner so it's I've always wondered about that and you're a perfect person to ask a digestif mm -hmm. that's something to aid in your digestion so yes after having you know a very filling meal a digestif really helps you know settle you know your your food and and help you to digest hopefully have some more good conversation yes <laughs> yeah I what you do is so delightful in what you offer uh, so that people can come out, enjoy time together. I, the way you think about your architecture and the experience of entering those buildings, it's its really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, the spaces are, the concepts are very different from each other and the environments as well. Mm -hmm. um, for, for Nona, tavern i was really inspired by borough bars like mm. you know like you go to any borough in new york and mm. you find kind of a hole in the wall old school feeling bar and they always have great food like mm -hmm. you know and it's typically italian food right so that was a lot of my inspiration was kind of taking this east meets west it's sort of like spaghetti western like so italian saloon and, uh, it's a very dark wood very sexy spot horseshoe bar um, so it's it's a cool environment to be in I think the other thing about Portland there's not a ton of old architecture here mm. old you know places that have been around forever mm -hmm. and I guess having that I've wanted to have a feeling or sense of timelessness and history mm. and so that was really an inspiration for me now thank you so much for talking to me it's been a delight it went by like a whiz oh is it done yeah it's <laughs> you this is Dana McCurlin and uh, you can enjoy her spaces at Yakuza Izakaya, DOC, Nona Tavern, and the Colony St. John's. And she's going to head out and do some camping so she can get her head going Thank on some you. more cool things to create for us. Before I depart, I did want to mention we have um, a really fun block party. I think it's our 10th annual block party on oh. September 8th. Oh, great. And so all the restaurants will be open. At, um, and we offer tons of complimentary bites. And we have, um, we close the street. It's, it's kind of like 1% a, a of the street fair. Uh -huh. but we, have, we have live music and we have some DJs. We have lots of, we have a wonderful uh, raw natural wine fair. Oh, so nice. So you get to taste all these amazing wines and, and can buy uh, retail at the fair. Uh -huh. So that's uh, coming up September 8th. Um, Great. 3 to 9 p.m. on our corner of 30th and, and Killingsworth. So sounds wonderful. I can't wait to, to see you next time somewhere, somehow, and hopefully I'll be eating. And one more thing. Mm -hmm. um, on Sundays at DOC, which mm -hmm. tends to be a fine, fine dining mm -hmm. establishment and people kind of special occasions tend to go there more, but we do a la carte um, during the week, mm -hmm. Tuesday through Thursday. And Sundays, we have a fantastic three-course um, family-style mm -hmm. meal for $35 from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that's really a fantastic way to experience a restaurant. And I have to say, DOC is probably my favorite restaurant in Portland, not just because it's mine, but um, it's so unique in that the restaurant is 12 feet wide hmm. by maybe 30 feet deep, and it's only 26 seats, and when you walk in the door, you walk right in the kitchen. Oh. And so people are always confused, thinking like, am I in the right place? You That's know, neat. it's so unique. Because the first person you see is the chef, and the last person you see when you go is the chef. And it's like dinner theater, because everything you, you know, you're right there in the, in the dining room kitchen. That's so, so great uh, to kind of turn it on its ear. It's kind of, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain usually yeah. at a restaurant, but to see the people that are making the food for you. It's a unique experience. Yeah, for love sure. that. And we just did a, a wonderful refresh. I'm 
11 years old now at, at DSE this summer. And um, this is just this year we did a really gorgeous uh, refresh. Everything is sort of like these beautiful greens. We worked with um, uh, interior designer named uh, Stuart Horner mm. and he did a beautiful job and it was great because it's the first time I've collaborated with an interior designer to do oh. this space but I have to say hands down is the sexiest dining room in Portland okay well I'll be there <laughs> yeah thanks again <laughs> thanks Dana. for having me it was a pleasure yeah just a pleasure okay, well Thank enjoy you. the rest of the fair yeah you too okay, and I'll see you at the restaurant sounds good okay. I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months and I need your help Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?